Welcome. You are listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. We invite you to join us online or in person for one of our services. For more information about our church, please visit day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life. As I said earlier, instead of a uh, message today. Really what I want to do is just kind of walk you through some verses in the Bible that talk about the Lamb of God. And, uh, in the Old Testament through the New Testament, and I'm just going to make a few comments as we, as we walk through these verses. Because that's what Easter is, is about. God sent His Son to be our Lamb, our sacrifice to pay for our sins. That through faith in Him, we can have everlasting life. The, the story really begins back in, in Genesis, and the Bible says, And the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skins and clothed them. The context of that, to help you understand the significance, God had, had told Adam and Eve not to eat of that fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the day that they did it, that they would die. And spiritually they did. Spiritually they died that day. And I think probably, you know, physically, uh, death actually set up maybe the aging process and things like that. But when they ate of that tree, they recognized their nakedness and they tried to cover it up themselves by sewing some leaves together. And that's really a symbol of us trying to cover up our own sin through our own works or things that we can do. And that would never suffice because we cannot pay for our own sins. So what God did that day when He came into the garden was to kill a couple of animals and take their skins to cover the nakedness of Adam and Eve. Now put yourself in their shoes for a moment because as far as we know from what the Bible tells us, there had never been any bloodshed until that moment. They had never seen anything like death. And all of a sudden, God kills animals and takes those skins to clothe Adam and Eve. And the message that God has given is this. Our sin causes our death or the death of a substitute. Later on in Genesis, we find in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also of the firstborn of his flock. One is bringing his own works, things that he had planted and managed in his own way, through his own strength. And yet, Abel brings a firstborn of the flock. The example had been set by God and probably followed by Adam and Eve. And he brings this firstborn of his flock to be offered to God. Later on in Genesis, we've got the story of Abraham and his son Isaac going up a mountain And Isaac looks at his dad, and he says, Behold, there's fire and wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said this, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. And they both went on up the mountain together. And that's exactly what God did. He provided a lamb. His son, being pictured even by that lamb in the Old Testament, that would be the sacrifice for our sins. We go on in the Bible, and we stop off in Exodus, 
And if you remember, the children of Israel were there in bondage. And God sent Moses in to lead them out. And, and he performed all these, you know, m- m- mighty works. And Pharaoh would keep saying, all right, I'll, I'll let him go now. But then he kept changing his mind. till ultimately it came down to this. And Moses called the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and select lambs for yourselves according to your clans. Now, now notice lambs there is plural. But because all the families of Israel, they were to go and select a lamb and they were going to sacrifice it and, and, uh, take the blood and apply it to the doorpost of their house as we'll see here in just a moment. And they would feed upon it as their Passover on their very first Passover. So it says lambs plural, but look as we continue to read according to your clans and kill the Passover lamb. Do you notice that singular? That's because that is speaking, once again, a type, a picture of Jesus Christ to come. He is our Passover lamb. And the instruction goes on that they were to take hyssop and dip it in the blood that's in the basin and touch the lintel to the two doorposts of the blood of the basin. And when the destroyer would come through, when death would come through that night... The destroyer would see the blood applied to the door and pass over them, and they would escape the death and the judgment that was going to take place that night on the firstborn of everyone in the land. And the lesson and the application for us is simply this. Jesus is our Passover lamb. And through faith in Jesus Christ, through applying the blood that he shed on the cross to our lives, we are passed over from judgment and escape judgment. The Bible goes on. And in Isaiah, we've already seen a lot in the Bible here about a lamb. But in Isaiah, Isaiah tells us that the lamb is a person. Because Isaiah says he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before his shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. The, the lamb is not referred to as an animal, but a person here. And then in the New Testament, John the Baptist one day was standing with some of his followers. And he looks and he sees Jesus walking their way. And John the Baptist says this, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We were told about God's Lamb. We're told about a Passover Lamb. We're told that that Lamb would be a person. And now in the New Testament, that person is identified. John the Baptist points at him and said, that's him. That's the Lamb of God. He's the one that will take away the sin of the world. We continue on. And Paul writes these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, just to make it really clear who the Passover lamb is. For Christ, our, what does it say? Passover lamb has been sacrificed. And then, 1 Peter says this, Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited by your forefathers, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious Blood of Christ, like that of a lamb, without blemish or without spot. God sends His Son, the perfect, sinless Son of God, into this world. And He goes to the cross as our only hope, our only perfect sacrifice, and sheds His blood for our sins. And then we find this in Revelation. And when He had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders 
fell down before the Lamb, referring to Christ. Each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priest to God. And they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Jesus Christ is not only worthy of that type of worship, He is worthy of your eternity. He's worthy of your only hope. He's worthy of the one that you trust in in order to have forgiveness and your sins forgiven. He's your only chance. He is worthy enough for you to trust in for all eternity. We're going to have an invitation before we receive the Lord's Supper. Because as we think about partaking of the Lord's Supper, the Bible is pretty clear that this is for people who know Christ. And we're doing it in honor and in memory and in celebration of what He did for us on the cross. And there may be someone here today that does not know Christ as their Savior. What better day than today as we think about Jesus dying for us, as we think about the blood that He shed for us, as we approach this this table that has bread that represents His body and and has this juice here that, that represents His blood. What better day than today if you don't know Christ than to receive Him? By doing so, you can actually partake of this of this table with us in just a moment, those who are believers. But that's not the motive for you. You see, that's not the reason why you should trust in Jesus. Just so you can take the Lord's Supper with us. You ought to trust in Him so you can be forgiven. And you can have eternity with God. That's why you should trust in Him. So I'm going to pray, and John's going to come out and, and lead us, and we're going to do an invitation. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior... Why not come today? And if you do know Him as, his, as your Savior, why not, why not pray through this invitation and thank Him for what He's done for you? And, and just prepare your heart for what's about to come in just a moment. Father, we thank You, Lord, that You loved us so supremely that You sent Your Son into this world, that He lived a perfect, sinless life, that He went to the cross, not because He deserved it, but He went to the cross in our place. He took our sins upon Himself. And He is the only perfect sacrifice for human beings. God in the flesh shed Your blood on the cross to pay for what we cannot pay for, to provide what we cannot earn, what we cannot deserve. Because of Your grace and Your mercy and Your love, 
You offer us salvation as a free gift through what Jesus did for us on the cross. Father, help us every day this week to focus and celebrate and think about what Christ has done for us. Father, if there's someone here right now that doesn't know Christ, give them the faith that they need to trust in the finished work of Jesus. Understand, and that's their only hope. You tell us it's not of works, because if it were of our works, we would boast about it and brag about it. And all we can boast in is the cross of Jesus. The Father, there's someone here that does not know your Son as Savior. I pray right now you'd save them, you'd give them the faith that they need. And Father, help those of us that do know Him to honor Him as we partake of Your table in just a moment. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Please stand. God speaks to your heart. We invite you to come. Because there is a Passover lamb, because Jesus died on the cross for us. Paul writes these words telling us how we ought to remember the Lord's Supper and how we ought to practice it repeatedly in remembrance of Him. The, the Lord's Supper, just come and partaking of this. There's, there's not anything that saves you by doing this. It's symbolic. It's not literally His blood, but it's a symbol of His blood. It's not literally His body. It's a symbol of His body. And we do it in remembrance of Him. Paul writes these words. He said, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night that He was betrayed, took bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is My body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he, he took the cup after supper, saying this cup is the new covenant or the new testament in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of profaning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let me stop there just for a second because a lot of people get confused uh, about that. Um, I've known people who, even though they knew Christ as their Savior, would not partake of the Lord's Supper because they did not feel worthy. Uh, guess what? I don't either. No one is worthy of the blood of Jesus. But we can't partake of it in a worthy manner, which means we are thinking about His body that was nailed on the cross. We are thinking about the blood that was shed for us. We're pushing everything else out of our mind that might be vying for our attention right now, and we're focusing completely upon Jesus and what He did for us. We're going to pray in just a moment for some during this prayer time. Maybe it's a time for you to reflect and, and ask yourself if you've got any unconfessed sin that, that you need to turn loose of. I didn't notice it until after the service, and someone in the first service told me that, uh, that before someone came up and partook of the Lord's Supper, they laid a pack of cigarettes on top of the cross. I thought that was neat. Because that's a person saying, I recognize maybe I've got a problem with this and I need to turn loose of it. And maybe there's something you need to turn loose of in your life. 
before you come and protect the Lord's table. Maybe there's something you need to repent of. Maybe you need to be sure you're authentic, that you're really know Christ as your Savior. Because you see it, it goes on and it says, let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill and some of you died. That's pretty serious. People became sick and people even died because they dishonored the Lord's table. So it's a time for us to really be serious and think about what Christ has done for us. Today we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper in a different way than what we have here before. You may have somewhere else. But I'm going to pray in just a moment. As I pray, it will be our blessing over the bread, His body, and the cup that represents His blood. And then um, two of our staff will be at either side of the table holding bread for you. And then two others will be standing to the outside of them holding the cup for you. And I'd like to ask if you would please everyone go and come down two rows in the center aisle. We'll have two of our deacons here at the front to, uh, to hand you a napkin as you come forward. And then feel free as, as, as you come through and you receive the bread that represents His body and you dip it in the cup that represents His blood. Feel free to go ahead and partake of it at, at that moment. Don't wait until you get back to your seat or anything because we're going to bless it now. And uh, we ask you just to partake of it as you come through the line. Father, God, we can never thank You enough. We can never honor You enough. We can never celebrate enough. We can never remember enough what Jesus has done for us. But Father, I, God, I ask You that You help us right now to search our hearts to be sure that we know without any doubt that we belong to You. Father, help us right now to repent of anything in our lives that should not be there. God, maybe broken relationships with other believers, maybe some active sin that we've tried to hold on to and hide away in the, in the recesses of our heart, but You know that it's there. Father, help us right now to set aside any worries and concerns and anything else that might want to grab our attention. And Father, help us to focus on Jesus and Him crucified. Help us to focus on the fact that He won the victory over sin and death and He took His life back up to prove to us that through Him we can have everlasting life. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. A lot of times people will think of Jesus as the glorified Savior in Revelation. Uh, and we should think of Him in that way as we see Him with uh, uh, eyes of fire and the glory that's there. At the same time, uh, I, I don't think there is ever any time that He was more in His glory than when in obedience. He shed His blood on the cross for our sins. And uh, I, I challenge you this week 
every day, every day, think about the Savior and what He's done for you and let that prepare your heart for, uh, for Easter Sunday. Thanks for listening to this sermon audio production from Day 3 Church. We pray that it has ministered to you. For more information about our location, service times, or other sermon podcasts, please visit us online at day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life.